0: Testing, do you hear this? Or can you see that? All right, hang on. I'll test the other one. And testing the wireless. You getting signal there? Okay, good deal. Thanks, Kelly.
1: All right, well, I think we are ready to get started, so I'm going to go ahead and call this meeting, Congregational Meeting of Highlands Church, together at 1118 this morning, and I'll go ahead and open us in a quick word of prayer. Father, we uh, just thank you this morning for the opportunity to come together as your people. This is your community, Father, and uh, you knew we'd be here from the foundations of the world, and... uh, We just thank you for the opportunity to worship you this morning as brothers and sisters in Christ. Just pray that uh, you'd be here among us, your Holy Spirit, moving as we meet together. And uh, just pray that uh, your spirit, your peace would be amongst us this morning. And that we would glorify your son, Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. All right. So we do have a quorum here this morning. Um, The first order of business... As required by um, the EPC, is that anytime a pastor leaves, um, Jordan has actually, you know, uh, we have to dissolve that relationship with Jordan. So I'm going to move that and concur with Reverend Jordan Deyoub to request uh, to dissolve his relationship as pastor of Highlands Church. Is there a second? Yes. All of those in favor? say aye aye Aye. Aye. those opposed say no all right so moved so uh, we will get that recorded and sent to presbytery as well that we have dissolved that relationship as uh, jordan being the pastor of highlands church i'm going to go ahead and call up uh, craig venard here to introduce uh, the next part of our meeting
2: so, just to kind of give you all an idea of uh, the process, I'm not going to go into much detail here, but uh, uh, we have uh, Joel and uh, um, I knew I did this. What's that? Dexter, Dexter yeah. Um, with uh, representing Presbytery here with us. And we met uh, last week uh, after church service on Sunday um, for a 20 minute meeting that lasted an hour and a half. And then we met again Wednesday. Um, with them for another 20 minute meeting that last another hour and a half. So give you an idea, uh, it, it was a practical meeting, uh, very practical about understanding where they uh, see things going uh, forward and, and, and their guidance in that uh, process. They have resources to work with and uh, at the same time, it was a very loving meeting. They asked us our hearts and our thoughts. Uh, uh, we got to know them a bit. Um, they're good guys, they're good guys not here to put the hammer down or anything of that nature, but they do have uh, guidance and, and experience, and they've gone through this stuff before, so it's not a, uh, a brand-new uh, rodeo for them to go through. So, uh, uh, again, it wasn't just all practical. They're practical that they're going to talk about here today, but just know that their hearts are for you and us. Uh, I know they've been praying for this, for all of us. Uh, we've been praying for them. We, we want... Uh, things to be smooth and, and transitional to see where, thing, where God leads this church to go. And I think they've done a good job of expressing their hearts and love for that. So uh, with that, I think uh, you're going to take over? Okay. This will be Joel.
3: Yes, I'll be Joel. Joel. Um, <clears throat> Now, my name is Joel Keene, um, and I am an ordained pastor in the EPC um, and a member of Presbytery. Um, and some of you are saying, what's Presbytery? Um, good question. Um, <clears throat> as a Presbyterian church, um, we say we're ruled by elders, and um, but we are also a connectional church, which means that... Um, Highlands Church is not a church on its own. It's a church that's in fellowship and connection with other local churches in our area. And our area is most, it's, it's all of Missouri. Um, all of the Evangelical Presbyterian churches in Missouri um, are part of our presbytery. Uh, presbytery is simply the, the body that exists uh, over churches and is there to facilitate ministry among churches. And then the layer above that is the General Assembly, and the General Assembly exists to you know, help churches uh, across the denomination, across the country, um, to carry out the mission of Jesus Christ. Um, so before I get into some of the resources that we have, um, I just want to say what a blessing it has been these last two Sundays to worship with you. Um, you all clearly uh, have wonderful musicians. Um, any musicians who pay attention to a pastor's sermon and then come up with, what would we do, baby, without us? <laughs> Quality musicians. I'm telling you. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've been part of a church that in 2019 would play an instrumental version of Gloria after the blues <laughs> season. So, yeah, um, any, any musician group that pays attention to that stuff is a wonderful musician group. Um, and Jonah, I've, I've been thankful for your preaching, um, and Dexter can uh, attest to the fact that I took extensive notes on, on, your, on your preaching um, and was very blessed by it. <laughs> very good stuff. Um, so, yeah, I was thinking that Dexter, maybe you could lay out for all of us the denomination's vision for church Bibleization and what that looks like and how that works.
4: Before I do that, um, just another comment on uh, piggybacking on, on uh, Joel. I, too, have been impressed with uh, your worship and- Clerk of the Presbytery, I have had the opportunity to travel and visit different churches within the Presbytery as well as the denomination for GA, and everybody has a different tone, a different take, but you have something special. Had come out last week because his pastor was on sabbatical leave and he couldn't leave uh, like he wanted to because he had the thing ma- uh, mastered the home church there. But he, he probably will come and see you here if you choose to do that and move on at, at some point soon. But the GA has some materials that they have developed. is being revitalized and also they have emphasis on church planting which are kind of, you move from that stage to a particular church which you are right now. So uh, we are, the Presbyterian would like to become alongside you and work with you if that's what you want to do and um, encourage you to move forward if that's what you showed. decide.
3: Uh, and one of the resources that is a part of that vitalization uh, process something called um, 50 Days to Vitality. Um, And I have several sample copies here, and what I'll do is I'll just um, ask you to kind of hand them around and everybody just kind of look at them as an idea of one of the resources that we have. You can, you know, scatter those copies to the wind and just kind of page through them. Um, You can see that this is a very spiritual process, Um, and it's a a process that, um, it's something that leaders and church members and everybody would, you know, everybody (laughs) would benefit from going through um, to really um, dig deep and discern the spirits leading in uh, the lives of the people here to gain an understanding of where the spirit is leading us together as a church Um, so uh, it's just an excellent resource um, and it's it's one of the resources that um, we as presbytery would would love to bring to you and to help you go through and walk with you as you know together (laughs) this is this is really a thing this process of of the mission of the body of Christ. So that's that's one of those resources that we have, um, and we have lots of other resources for uh, helping churches to um, revitalize in a particular way. The focus of the vitalization effort is that churches become uh, missional, and that is potentially a buzzword. And if you know me very long, you'll know that I hate buzzwords. Um, But I don't hate them if they're well-defined. A
5: missional
3: church is a church what opportunities you have in your community you understand what opportunities you have as a body you understand and that's the purpose of this 50 days of vitality you understand what the spirit empowers you to do so those are that's that's just one kind of picture of the resources that we have um know I've covered everything I wanted to cover on the, on the resources um, <clears throat> but yeah so that, yeah I, I'm going to turn it back over now to uh, the elders Sorry.
0: thank you guys um, so the last thing we want to do or the last thing just a, a few points before we kind of open it up for Q&A time, I uh, wanted to give you a, a little bit of a picture of, of what of what kind of the plan looks like going forward here, short term, um, most likely. Um, they, so first of all, before I get to that, I want to let you all know that uh, I know sometimes that, you know, at church, not everyone is talking to everyone else. Um, I don't know who's talking to who and who's not. But I want to let you know that there are people here that want to continue to go forward. Um, So if you didn't know that and you thought you might be out on an island, you're not. Okay? There are people that want to go forward with Highlands Church. Um, So the um, the presbytery will be reaching out to pretty much the whole congregation uh, very soon, very soon here in in the very near future. Uh, they'll kind of talk to you guys and get your hearts and, and kind of see where where you sit. Um, at the same time, uh, what will likely happen is that presbytery will appoint uh, what they call an interim session. Uh, so what they will do is come in and they will work hand in hand with Mike Craig and I for probably the next month or so. Um, that could vary though it could be a, it could be shorter it could be a little bit longer um, and and what we'll do is we'll kind of business of the church, like all the kind of things that we talk about at session meetings and, and um, you know, leadership, uh, you know, type questions and things like that. And we'll, we'll basically work together to kind of give them a feel of, uh, of where we're at. And so after that time, whatever that time is, again, we think that'll be about a month. Um, Craig, Mike, and I will then step back. Um, with that, uh, we are going to kind of open the floor for questions and answers. Do you, first of all, uh, Joel and Dexter, do you guys have anything else that you, you would like to say or clarify or anything like that? Uh, Good. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So Jonah's got a microphone. If anybody has questions, please, this is the time to, um, you know, we want to kind of discuss, provide as much clarity as we can.
5: exercise today. Here we go. Um, <clears throat> so um, this uh, new role, I didn't quite catch it exactly, but Richie's role, um, interesting, I, I've known Richie since he was in seminary, and uh, Melissa from before they were married. Um, Melissa, for those of you who don't know, um, Melissa Parker Cable, Richie's wife, grew up at Central, so there may be some people who know them. Um What would their role be? How would that work?
3: What what Dexter was describing, Richie's role, um, his his role is kind of presbytery-wide overseeing um, church vitalization and revitalization efforts. Um, And so um, he, you know, any church that's going through a time of, Transition or revitalization. Um, Richie comes and visits and helps. Um, he, he's almost like the Presbyterian consultant for churches. Um, and so he would come alongside um, the the transitional session, come alongside the congregation, be able to present some things to y'all, um, be able to present some things to the to the session. Um, and you know as we Continue this this process of of understanding the spirits leading within um, each of us. Understand the spirits leading within uh, in and among the church. Understand the spirits leading in this community. Um, he will um, help understand and, and plot ways that are that are advantageous for us to explore. That's that's kind of the best that I can describe it.
6: without wanting to embarrass or put anybody on the spot. Justice, just to clarify, you said that the present elders were going to step back. Does that mean step back or does that mean step away from the church?
0: Yeah, that's a good question, Larry. I think the, I think the, the, the feel step back for sure. And at that time, that may be a time that we step away. It may not be, I can't speak for Mike or for Craig, um, but that, that may be a time where we, you know, I don't think any of us have really decided like where we're going to land or anything like that. But, but that may be a time where we decide to, to, you know, explore other options for our families and whatnot. Um, But at the very least we would, we would step back out of the Does that that answer your question?
6: What's a transitional session?
4: (laughs) It would consist of a, a, a small number, perhaps between three and five elders from the presbytery, and they would serve as the oversight connection between the church and the presbytery until church if, it's, if it so chose to move forward elected its own leadership by no means is it we're coming in we are not coming in taking over please understand that we are not we are not <laughs> I mean, that's right we don't have any things in our back pocket to come in and lock you know change the locks nothing like that no no that's, that's tongue-in-cheek for those who don't but they, I won't say more you
7: <laughs> you're ready yeah, I'd like to ask if Jonah is going to be the leader of the charge. I assume that that's right.
4: That is correct. We have we had conversations with with uh, elders and Jonah, and and um, you heard what the elders, but Jonah is on board. Yeah.
8: Uh, so we've heard a number of families and individuals already express their um, plans. To move on to other churches, uh, which leads me to wonder uh, if what the presbytery is proposing would apply to a church that only consists of three or four couples, because that's might that might be all that's left. How does the numbers change your plan?
3: I would say that. Uh I would say that at this point, um, we, we as, you know, kind of Dexter and uh, Brad and I are, are representatives of the Presbytery um, and we're not the transitional session, um, but what, you know, we heard about your time of, um, you know, pastoral transition and your time of leadership transition. And, you know, we, we wanted to come and visit you all um, and and gain an understanding of who you are as a church, um, who you are as a body here in Chesterfield, um, and then, um, and, and there's no way that we can do that in two weeks, uh, just over two visits. Um, you know, obviously, we, we, we love the worship and, and everything, but... Um, we would love to have the opportunity to go back to the presbytery and say, you know, we need a transitional session that can walk with the congregation as they go through this process. And and, and if if at the end of four or five weeks there's only a, you know three people in the pews, we we've got an answer. But we. We just feel that we don't have that answer just yet. That's, that's where, uh, that's, that's our perspective, because we see a lot that you have going for you. We see a lot that you have going for you. Um, so that's, that's kind of our mind and our heart. So. So,
5: so this transitional that? session, would not include anyone in our congregation? It would be all outsiders?
3: Not initially, but the idea of, you know, any session is that that session would uh, take a great deal of participation in the life of the church. Um, so during this transitional phase, and again, the idea of this transitional session is not permanent.
5: Right. <laughs> it, but would they, would they be people willing to come and worship with us every true. Sunday? and walk? Okay.
3: I would think, yeah.
5: Well, because I don't know how they could
3: right. be a session if oh, they're yeah. not. And yeah. I mean, to be a session, you, you need to be connected with, with the church. It, it's, um, I don't know that every session member is going to be at every worship service. But I would guess that you would expect at least one or two uh, session members to be in attendance every Sunday. That's what I would guess.
0: Will there be a formal call issued to Jonah? I feel like one of our spiritual needs is we're like sheep without a shepherd. How will the Presbytery come alongside of us to fill that spiritual need?
3: Well, the the Presbytery will will come alongside of you to, um, as we go through this period of discerning and assessment, um, and should the congregation, should it be clear to the congregation that, yeah, we need to move forward, then... um, the session will work with the congregation to form a search committee, and that search committee um, would—I I, would—I can't imagine they wouldn't interview Jonah, <laughs> but they would form a search committee uh, to find and, and discern the best pastoral relationship uh, for the church, and then um, move to call that pastor to the church, and then the presbytery would uh, welcome that that pastor in. Uh, to the presbytery, and we would go from there. But that—that that is um, probably three, four steps down the line from where we are right now. Uh, where we are right now is—is is this time of, of, of discerning and seeking the Holy Spirit, um, and, and and working through that process. Did that answer your question? Oh, yeah. It, that's a, thank you. That's that's good. We, um, one of the things that we, the three of us, are going to recommend to the transitional session, um, is that, um, you know, as as wonderfully gifted as Jonah is, um, being thrust into the the role of having to preach every Sunday. Um, is quite a, quite a jump. Um, And so we would also want to be able to take some of the load off of his plate um, without taking away any of his remuneration, Um, but take some of the load off of his plate um, and have additional people from within the Presbytery come in and and, uh, fill the pulpit and and preach. Um, Probably at least half the Sundays, we would we would have somebody from Presbyterian preaching. Well,
5: I, that should be our, I I just feel like you guys are trying to tell us. When, I mean, that would be a decision
7: that Jonah would make. But I don't know. Why can't we call Jonah to be our full-time ministry director?
3: There's, I mean, to be a full-time ministry director?
7: Yeah. That's what he does now. We don't need we don't need an interim pastor. What's that? We don't need an interim pastor up here. We have a full time ministry director.
3: Okay. Um, I'm... He's, oh I see he's technically an interim ministry director.
7: Yes, but okay. we want to take the interim off of that until he's ordained. And when he's ordained, he can receive call as a pastor. But in the meantime, he would be our, not interim, but full-time ministry director. Right.
3: Um, I mean, there, there's, no, nobody becomes a pastor without a call. Um, so you have to, you have to issue the, you have to go through the process of discerning and issuing the call first. Um, so again, that's that's usually a role that uh, the congregation vests in a search committee. Um, and, but as, as far as Jonah's status here... Um,
7: well, I, I'm just simply saying our previous pastor, that's exactly what we did. Right. He was a full-time ministry director until he was ordained and went through that process. Once he went through that process, then we issued a call.
3: Right. You, we did not there's, consider others. There, there's, there's some technicalities there. And, and that you were a missional church, and uh, Jordan was uh, technically first called from central session and uh, installed here as the ministry director. And then as you became your own church, then you called him to be your pastor. So there, there's a little bit of a procedural difference and um, it, it's yeah. Doesn't church uh Yeah, I mean you don't have to. The, the, yeah. Uh, you can you can function as a, a whole body of a congregation and um decide Somehow to interview uh, pastoral candidates or not, um, but that's that's up to you as, your, as a congregation uh, under the oversight of the elders. Yeah,
2: yeah,
3: yeah. We we would have we would have mentors to come alongside Jonah, and um, I mean that that for sure is, is something that we as a Presbytery love to do for, for people who might be candidates for pastoral ministry um, and who come under the care of Presbytery, um, we assign a mentor to that person to make sure that that person is continuing to grow and continuing to um, develop their pastoral gifts.
6: Oh, Sorry, Jonah? Maybe you can address the worries and concerns that Jackie just dealt with, leaving fears of somebody coming in and telling us who's preaching and all. From what I've gathered from you, you are very eager for help. So I've
9: been yeah. I think clarifying. I was gonna say talking with talking with the guys from Presbytery, you know, just just understand our first commitment, number one, we came to Highlands and I've said this time and again. This was our family before it ever became a position, and and my hopes was that perhaps I would be serving an assistant role here in some way, shape, or form. Uh, weekly preaching was not on my immediate horizon, and so um, I don't. I've never really felt that's my strongest suit. I've really kind of wanted to just, but um, I, I enjoy being a. a, a caring for folks uh, here in the, in the body. That's, that's my joy. Um, and so trying to do both of those right now, especially in the midst of everything we've been going through, this has been a crash course that we don't have a seminary class for. And, um, and so I, it really is, um, it it is hard. It's very hard for me to get in that regular weekly mode of sermon prep. And so when they did mention pulpit fill and, and sort of supplying that to kind of reduce my need to be up there every, Every week, I actually welcome that right now because it really is something that would give me a, a little bit of breathing room. Um, it would allow me to circulate a little bit more among uh, among the body and, and to listen and spend time with y'all and for any needs you may have. Um, that's really, that's our heart as, as you know, Marcy and I and our family. And so, um, so, yes, so we kind of have welcomed that. And I don't think it's any way diminishing, you know, uh, anything for me. I'm I'm okay with that. And and again, if we're just going with what the Lord does with us, so we're, uh, and we're grateful to be here, still be here with you all through it all, so.
8: So I just have a question about financial sustainability. Um, I understand we have 100,000 plus in the bank that would see us through some period of time where our congregation collapses to a a small group um, while we then revitalize and try to attract other uh, new members. What's Presbytery's position in terms of our financial stability for some period of time?
0: What's the threshold? Probably best to answer this. Um, I'll say this, Brent. To, to date, we haven't even gotten into that part yet. Um,
3: that, that the right,
0: right, <laughs> right. Um, I mean, quite frankly, Brent, we can only we can only make guesses at that. Um, I would say that uh, um, you know we we are we are stable right now. You're correct that if if there is uh, a large group of people that leave, obviously our our, our intake, our contributions each month are going to scale back significantly. That's true. Um, at the same time, there's, there's probably expenses that we can scale back also. Um, but to try to figure out, like, how much we're in the black or the red each month uh, ahead of all this is just, to be quite frank, for me would be an exercise in futility. Whatever I, you know, it's probably just not going to, I'm not going to be right, whatever I, whatever I prognosticate. Um, uh, but I think it is, it is safe to say that that we are not in immediate danger of being financially dissolvent. Um, uh, you know, y- you are correct in that that we have, you know, the last time I checked, we have roughly one hundred twenty thousand in our in our checking account, um, and our Say up until this past month, we were running pretty much break even or pretty close to break even every month. Uh, contributions this last month that we just got a couple days ago were, were diminished. Uh, that is true, but if you, I would say this, even if you cut the contributions in half and kept your expenses the same, you would still have enough money probably to run for anywhere from nine months to a year. So, um, again happens in the future I don't know and if that'll sustain I don't know Um, but uh, but we the the financial side is not has not is not a immediate concern yet that we've gone through with with Presbytery so these these guys you know they don't know much about the, the situation but that is something that we will get into either with them or the interim session soon
10: So during this transition type assessment period, do churches still do some type of marketing, reaching out, talking to the neighbors that we've got a hole there, and it's something that we have not done a lot since we moved here just pre-COVID, then we had COVID, so maybe is that something that we should explore
3: COVID and COVID lockdowns have been um, really very difficult, not just for your church, uh, but for nearly every church that I know and have come in contact with. Um, it has um, for some, it has taken away uh attendance on a Sunday. Um, for others, it's it's turned over uh, the attendance on a Sunday, meaning a bunch of the old people had left, and and people who discovered churches online have come in. Um, but yes, this now that the um, we're we're entering the phase of the pandemic, not that it's over by a long shot, <laughs> but that it is. Um, coming up on the, the endemic phase, which is just that this is a, a virus among us that we manage and that we know how to uh, deal with through vaccinations, through all the social distancing, this and this and this. So in that endemic phase, now we have an opportunity as churches and you have an opportunity as Highlands Church, um, and especially during this transition phase, to, yes, um, be missional. Um, look for opportunities to reach out. Uh, look for opportunities to um, get to know neighbors around you know around the church building. Uh, get to know opportunities for service. Um, all sorts of things, um, and, and we would we would hope that you would um, because we would hope that you would really dig into reaching out because. Um, if all we do in this time of exploration is look inward, then we haven't succeeded. We have to look out um, as we look within. We have to do both. So that would be our challenge to you, and that would be the focus of a lot of these resources that we would be um, presenting to you to, to help, help the church vitalize and grow. Did that answer your question? Okay. Are there resources for looking out? Yes. Yes. There, there are. The question was: Are there resources for looking out, uh, like out into the community? Yes. Um, we we know of some of those, and and some of those are going to be tailored based on an understanding of. Uh, between leadership and between the congregation about um, where best to challenge the congregation, where best to, that you have the best opportunity to grow. Um, So those would be kind of discerned as we go along and then presented. Saying, What should we do, baby, without us? Pass.
0: Anything from you guys?
5: know if this is a an appropriate question to ask, but it's just been on my mind. And since each of the elders emailed us a while ago telling us that they were leaving, I'm just wondering what's changed, if it's because that you're even willing to consider staying, some of you anyway. Is it because of the presbytery's help that you have some encouragement or I'm just curious about what's changed.
0: What, what do you mean exactly?
5: Well, because before from the emails that I understood that you were, the three of you were clearly going to be leaving. So, and now it sounds like you're thinking about possibly staying. And I just wondered, I mean, I, it's very encouraging to me to hear that you're thinking about staying, but I'm thinking why, Uh, what's, what's changed in your minds? Um, I'll
0: speak for me personally. My stance has not changed. Um, I I will still be uh, stepping away at some point. I don't know, you know, when that will be. Um, I don't know if if you guys have changed or not, but, um, but yeah, I mean, we, we will, you know, we've, I think we've said from the start and like our hearts have always been like, hey, you know, how do we, um, you know, how do we continue to care for this church in this time um, until we, We have, we, and I, when I say we, I'm talking about Craig, Mike, and I, until we see a point where there's a, um, there's a crystallized decision by the congregation on what they want to do and how they want to get there, um, I think that, that, uh, uh, you know, the three of us are wanting to stay to, to continue, to, to basically work alongside that interim session for a time, um, but then And I think once once that, uh, you know, once that interim session has enough uh, knowledge and has, has, you know, had had some time to build some relationship here, that's again when we would step back and, and potentially step away.
6: Or are we going to vote or anything on who's willing to continue in this process, or?
0: We will not. Okay. We will not. Um, so that was um, probably a little, a little bit of a mistake on our part. Um, again, we've we've never done this before, so we don't know uh, all the formal steps. Um, <coughs> but when we met with Presbytery uh, last Sunday, they kind of said, "Hey, can we?" pump the brakes a little bit here and, and do some more investigation before we, before we get to the point of a vote. Now, we did say, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, that Presbytery is going to be reaching out to um, the folks in the congregation. Like we've we'll provide them with the, the member list. And, and uh, my anticipation is that they will be uh, in contact with, with the
5: families here.
7: Yeah, one of the problems with not taking a vote, and I understand we're not taking a vote, but, uh, you know, someone has just said, oh, maybe there's only two or three families. Mm -hmm. Part of the problem is, because we don't know how many are inclined to stay, we don't know what to do. So I'll, I'll tell everybody here, I'm staying, and I'm willing to serve in any capacity the church wants me to serve. And so if they're not taking a vote, Those of us that are willing to stay ought to be telling each other people who are willing to stay, I'm willing to stay so that we have an idea before there's any kind of vote.
1: through this transition, we believe in Jonah. We want to support him and his family. That's first and foremost to us. We love them. And we love you guys, too. We want everybody, you know, as followers of Christ, to continue in that mode. So that's why, you know, we want to be a part of this process. One of the things these guys conveyed to us, they're not in the business of hiring and firing. So Jonah's not love to hear your heart that he's the guy you'd love to hire i think everybody involved needs time including jonah to see what is you know what is best for god's church and his people and for his family all above so that's really i guess we're just we're here because we love god's church we want
10: I think some of us um, don't want to vote yet because we don't know what we're voting yes to. I'm not going to say, yes, I'm staying for two people, or no, I'm leaving because I'm afraid there's only two people. So I think over time, we're going to have to have some times, not where people have to call each other through the week, but where we have some times where people talk about why they want to stay or where they see the church going. Or it's awfully hard to go reach out to a community and say, hey, we're here for you, maybe, maybe not. So (laughs) it doesn't make sense to start going out into the community if we're not sure we're going to be a community that's going to be able to receive people. So I think that's kind of what some people are saying. Well, let's vote so we can decide. But some people are saying, well, I don't want to vote because what am I signing up for if I vote yes? And what am I walking away from if I vote no?
0: Yeah, kind of along those lines. I was encouraged to hear about the process that the presbytery has with the uh, revitalization, and going through that because I think that'll help us to um, have a confirmation. Because like Kelly, I was concerned about having to vote today because you know I, we kind of were we're leaning towards voting yes, but like Kelly was saying, it's like I don't know what I'm saying yes to. So it's I think that'll help us to clarify um, that. So. That's all good.
10: So I just wanna piggyback on what Kelly was saying. I think what I'm hearing from Presbytery and you know, I I'm a church plant brat. I grew up in a church plant, I've never left church plants until we landed here, so I kind of get it. And I think what I'm hearing them say is it's not so much reaching out as a body to go out and to attack the neighborhood to find people, which is a good thing and should happen once a church is established. But I think it's living missionally. It's knowing every day, walking into your grocery store and seeing souls who are, are in need of Jesus. It's, it's caring for your neighbors in a way that shows them Christ. And, and I know y'all are doing that. I'm not, but I think we can get caught up in thinking that our call is within a church. And our call is to live missionally as unto the Lord, to bring the kingdom wherever we are. And so I, I love that this process is saying, let's look internally and let's ask the Lord to cleanse us and to make us new and to call us to the places where he wants us to be. And then look as a body how that all fits together um, because he did place us in a body. Um, but, you know, maybe it's not putting flyers on doors and that might be a phase at some point. It's looking to who's the person that cuts your grass or who's the person that, you know, serves your coffee and and gaining rapport and relationship. That, that's just what we're called to do. And if we're doing that, and God, I've seen this happen. At Emmanuel, I saw it. Um, I was a kid and I watched people just love neighbors unto the Lord and they came to the church. And I wanted to be a part of the church because they were loving people and I needed to be loved. And so that, that's what I see as a church plant and a revitalization and what we need. And I just want to speak as an elder's wife, these guys are exhausted. Um, they are so tired. You have no idea the hours, the pain, the prayer. And, um, you know, I've feared for their all three of their health at different places because they are carrying. They love you. They love this church. If they didn't, they would have walked away four months ago and and let let happen what happens. We adore the Martinez family. I, there's just nothing not lovely about them. So anyway, they need the help um, and to step away and do what is right for our families too. Um, so, done with my trip. Yep.
5: <sighs> this is a procedural question, cause you know, this is, Justice will laugh. Um, Are we going to continue to have a finance committee through this? And if so, what does that look like?
1: That will be determined, you know, when we sit down over the next month. You know, we're going to show everything that we do as a church. So there's no yes or no that we can say at this point. My guess is, yeah, we would still want.
3: I just want to piggyback on on um, what a interim sessions approach is going to be to any congregational situation that they step into. Um, their their first role is going to be that of listening, listening and understanding, and and, and so. It would be reckless and foolish for an interim presbytery to um, to change committee structures and to just come in and and make all sorts of wholesale changes. That is, that is not what an interim presby what an interim session would want to do. Uh, interim session is here to care to understand to discern, Um, and and as far as structures go, um, just like with any congregation, sure, those may change over time, but those are only going to change in in a context of mutual understanding and collaboration, where we wouldn't, you know, it, it just wouldn't work for any session of any congregation to just throw its weight around and... And say, yeah, this is what we're going to do. It doesn't work very well. Um, you, the idea would be that we would we would understand and, and dig in and work with you, um, and you know we might we might ask questions like, um, what is the purpose of the finance team? Okay, yeah, that's that's good to know. Um, we would we would ask, what is the purpose of the worship team? Okay. Um, how do we know we're getting the results we want to get? Those are the kinds kinds of questions that we would want to explore collaboratively. Um, and, and it wouldn't be anything that, that, that we would do under the table or anything like that. It, it, you know, any changes that, that are going to come, um, I would envision um, over the next three months are going to be minimal and they will be organic. Uh, but as far as beyond that, um, I, would, I would think that a goal of an interim presbytery would be by the time three months happens, you're, we're transitioning to um, new homegrown elders and that, that interim presbytery gets to step back and a new group of elders uh, takes over, uh, maybe with the help of uh, an interim moderator of that session, since typically... A, uh, ordained pastor moderates the session, um, but that would be that would be kind of how this would go. It, you know, as we go forward, as we explore, assuming that the Holy Spirit leads to, hey, we we've got something going here. If that's that's how that would work, in, in about three or four months, we would be looking to uh, train and ordain new elders. Uh, or install elders who were previously ordained, um, and then uh, move ahead. Um, you know, kind of as we go. Does that answer your question?
2: be a premature question, but I was kind of curious about does this seem like a process that you guys feel cared for and good about? It's just been tossed out there. I just thought to be fair, just are you receiving it well? Or are you receiving it with apprehension? Or are you receiving it with um, anxiousness? good questions. I just was kind of curious. Yes, sir.
9: If I may piggyback what Dean was talking about, it is something that has been on our hearts and, and mine, particularly just as I've talked, and we've been in this process. And like I said, this is our church family first in our, in our minds. And so this was a no-brainer for us in many ways. But also in counseling, we study family systems and uh, approach in, in counseling. And part of that is understanding that we're all kind of adopted into one big family and we're brought together here. And when... When Jordan left, there was, a, there was a wallop of grief that hit us. And, and we all respond and, and move into grief in very different phases. But we have to work through it. And the one thing that I was really refreshed to hear in talking with Richie Cable and hearing these guys talk about uh, just this process, it is something that I believe as a body, as a family, we should be going through. One of the things they drill in us at a Covenant is if you do not learn to tell your story well, your story will tell you. And they're talking to us as future ministers that if we don't learn to deal with, with the hurt and the dirt from our past and learn to see God's thread of grace through it and how he's, what he's doing and how to, to receive that, if we don't learn to do that and we just keep moving further into life, it will eventually rear its head up in some way, shape, or form when things come unexpectedly and rock us. And so from what I've listened to when I've talked with people and I've heard the response and the reactions and the emotions that are going on, they, they all resonate with me too. And I realize this process is good and it's something that we really do need first. And, and I would hope that m- most of us, if not all of us, would be committed to do the work together and see that it is a work together, whether we stay together or the Lord does something else with us and, and scatters us among other flocks the point is, is that we're coming together in this moment to do family work together to, to deal with some of those things and work through it together in this process and see what the Lord makes very clear to us and, and also the things we haven't seen yet and I am very much a hopeful optimist and an idealist in many ways that I have to let God curb quite a bit and rein in sometimes but I am, I'm I'm hopeful because of much of what I've learned about the story of Highlands Church and what God has brought Highlands through. But I also know that God shifts, our, shifts things quickly. And case in point, I'm up here preaching every week. That was not on my radar. Um, so I just want to encourage everybody. I do think this is a good thing for us, and it's something that I've really felt we needed to do, is have family conversation do some of this thing, this processing together so that we get some of this out and we really acknowledge the emotions and things and where we're at right now and why maybe we're grabbing at things desperately, why we're writing things off so easily. All of these things are part of what we talked about even today about the peace of Christ ruling, being the umpire and seeking peace among this entire body here that God has, and I hope that that's something that we would all be able to enter into, you know, honestly and faithfully and lovingly toward one another. And so I just want to encourage that. So that's that's all I've got to say.
7: Yeah, I just want to say how much I appreciate the elders and what they've done. Uh, having been in those leadership roles before, uh, with what Stacy says, uh, the pressure at times is almost unbearable. And so they've gone through probably the most trying time this church has gone through. Uh, you know, if they choose to leave the church, I understand. And, uh, you know, I understand the reasonings for their for their families, but... Uh, but in any event, if they would say, I just want to roll off for a year or two and, and maybe roll back on later and have uh, a new session who's refreshed come in and then, you know, um, to go forever and ever is not a reasonable thing to do. So they should feel like they can roll off for a break and feel like they can roll on later if they chose to stay or come back. So that's all I want to say about that.
8: that's not something that we've ever talked about, is how we nominate elders, uh, how we then elect the deacons and get the session running, and how long that class of deacons and elders will actually last, so that then the process, you anticipate the process of replacing them, um, and and there's a regular cadence to it.
0: You are correct, and that was something
2: putting together some of the, before the particularization took place, we had figured that in, a roll off time period, about three years or something like that, roll off uh, intermittently, not everyone would get off right away because then you have a whole new group coming in, so it would be a a process of, uh, or a staged process. That's kind of how we have it set up.
3: Yeah, just this um, that, uh, yeah, I'm a pastor. heart for uh, for people and, and pain and I I've, I've seen it um, talking with these men up here about their, their leadership and what they've done um, I, I've, I've heard it now from their families uh, but I've seen the, the pain and, and the uncertainty that each of you bears uh, some of you on your faces some of you in your body language I see it and, and it, it, it makes my heart hurt that you're going through this time and yet I know that through times of pain and uncertainty through times of hurt and turmoil, God's spirit is still at work in us and through us. And and that is tremendously uh, encouraging to me. I've I've seen it in churches far and wide. Uh, I've seen pain happen and spread through churches and I've seen churches not be able to handle the pain or churches fracture and fall apart. But I don't. I don't have that sense here. I, I have the sense that, like Jonah said, it's a time of grief. It, it's a time of uncertainty. It's a time of not knowing. But, you know, as, as a pastor... in pain with you and also greatly encouraged for you. Um, so that, I just wanted to kind of say that as maybe a, a, a closing thing um, and, and to just pronounce God's blessing uh, over you um, to, so that you know and, and the thing about benedictions, they're, they're, they're funny things. We we don't think about them a lot. Um, but um, the very first benediction um, was the one that uh, God said that Aaron should pronounce over the people. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord be gracious to you and, and lift up his face upon you, give you peace, give you shalom, that that, that wholeness, that wholeheartedness. And, and God gives his blessing to his people, not so that they can have it and hold on to it, but so they can give it away and be a blessing to others. And so I, I hope... Um, Whatever the result of all of this is, that you will take that blessing and in turn be a blessing to others wherever you interact with anyone. So um, I'll turn it back over to you all.
0: Hey, very quickly, I just wanted to say on behalf of, uh, you know, on behalf of the elders here, so thanks to, to Joel and Dexter for coming talking to us today, for being partners with us here for the last couple of weeks, and we look forward to getting to do that going forward. Um, I want to thank Jonah for his work. He'd been awesome to work with. I um, want to thank you guys for your prayers. We, um, we can feel them, uh, although that we're exhausted and it's a lot of work. Uh, we feel a lot of love from the congregation, um, which uh, is immensely helpful. Um, I uh, know we appreciate we we've we've taken steps in this process again we we don't we don't know all of what we're doing we've taken steps in the process where you know we we feel the sense of anxiety and like wanting to have answers and things like that we've we've taken some steps that we've then realized like we're not the right step um, you guys have been gracious with us and 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 not lambasted us over those steps that we took that were wrong um, so we wanted to say thank you for that there's going to be more missteps by us. I can tell you that too. Um, uh, we're imperfect and uh, um, you know, we we talk to a, a lot of people here, uh, almost all of you. And, and it's interesting, like you, you get, you talk to 10 different people, you get, you know, 10 different answers of like what the next step should be. Um, but we're, we're listening and we're, we're taking all that in and we're uh, taking that synthesizing that between us and, and Jonah and, All in all, I just wanted to say thank you. Um, we appreciate the uh, the prayers and the, and the and the grace that you guys have shown us. I turn over to Mike to close us down.
1: Yep. Anybody have anything else before I pray us out? That... All right. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we are so grateful for your kindness to us. That you shine your face upon us. That we are beloved children. of grateful for your saving grace and mercy towards us. I just lift up Highlands Church to you in this season. As Jesus said time and time again, he will never leave us or forsake us. He has not forgotten us. I just pray that through this process, Father, you will draw us closer to you and that we would help an unbelieving world come to know you and your Savior, saving Son, Jesus Christ. In his name we pray.
2: can